Hi, guys. Uh, if you're sitting in this room, I've probably added you on Facebook already because I'm trying to make friends. And if I haven't, uh, don't worry, I'll find you. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, I'm going to start with a brief overview of who I am because um, I know so few of you guys. Um, and then I'll get into my story real quick, too. Uh, my name is Curtis Liebing. I'm 28 years old. I live in Yuba City, California. It's about an hour away from here. Um, I have been coming to Epic Life for about eight months now. I was invited by my smoking hot girlfriend, Jessica Shirley. Wave at everybody and tell them who you are. Hi. <laughs> She's amazing. She's actually sent me a uh, I love you because text message every single morning this month so far. And um, everybody say, aww, isn't that sweet? Okay, I'll stop. <laughs> um, anyways, but like Eric was saying, um, I started coming to Epic Life because of her, but to be completely honest, the reason I keep coming back is because of the community, the amazing word, and the great, great worship, but um, the evident presence of the Holy Spirit is the reason I keep coming back to this place. Um, anyway, so I'm going to start with where I've been. Uh, when I was 13 years old, I snuck into my mother's bedroom for the first time with the intention of stealing prescription drugs. I got high on those drugs, and after that, it was on. Um, I began experimenting with other, uh, with other drugs, marijuana, cocaine, ecstasy, methamphetamine, all throughout my teens. Um, I never liked cocaine or methamphetamine because it was too much like my ADHD medication, and it leveled me out too much. Um, but... Uh, it, it created bad habits and I started uh, bad patterns and everything. And I started lying and stealing to get what I wanted. And um, it was not okay. I was raised in church my entire life and I knew right from wrong. But for some reason, because there was a prescription label on these bottles, it seemed like it was okay. Um, fast forward to when I was 20 years old. I had a girlfriend in Folsom at the time. I was driving. I was about halfway here. I took a handful of pills. It was pretty routine at this point. Uh, I had built up a tolerance, and um, I could handle it. But I didn't calculate the fact that I had to stop and get gas, uh, hoping that they would kick in by the time I got there. They kicked in a little early, and to make a long story short, I hit the median uh, on the road, hit, uh, traveling at 112 miles per hour, and I flipped my mom's car into oncoming traffic. And I was hit by an oncoming car. The car landed on its side. I was spinning around, and glass was raining down everywhere. Two uh, bystanders tried to pull me out of this car, and um, all I could think about was that uh, I wasn't wearing my shoes. Where, where are my shoes? Where are my shoes? I was just completely obliterated. And... Uh, Anyways, they're finally like, Curtis, we got to get you. I didn't say my name. What am I talking about? They're like, we got to get you out of here. We got to get you out of here. The car's on fire. And uh, so I was like, okay, finally, I relented. And about 10 seconds after I was pulled out of this car, it caught on fire and just burst into flames. And uh, I was supposed to burn alive in, uh, in that car that day. But Jesus had better plans for my life. And that's awesome, and you'd think, oh, great, Curtis like, learned his lesson and he turned away. Awesome, but no, that didn't happen. I kept taking pills. I wanted them more than I wanted Jesus at that time in my life. 
And uh, it was another six and a half long, miserable, depressing, lonely years until I finally um, broke down. I had a, uh, an experience where I blacked out and I vandalized a BMW without even knowing that I did this. And I went to jail for that one. And uh, when I was in jail, the entire time I was thinking, all I want are pills. I can't wait till I get out of jail so I can get high again. And um, it was terrible. I got out of jail. The night I got out of jail... I overdosed. I woke up in the hospital at 4 o'clock in the morning with nothing but a pair of jeans on. No shoes, no shirt, no service. No, um, I didn't mean to say that. It just came out. Anyways, uh, but yeah, it was, it was kind of scary. So finally, I entered myself into this program. It's called Joshua House Men's Center. It's very similar to Teen Challenge. Um, it's a great program. You go there, you live there for one full year, you give up uh, all of your rights and uh, freedoms, no internet, no girlfriends, no talking to anybody that's not in the program, just it's a very, very strict set of rules and you have to completely give yourself over to the program and it works, um, it really does. One month into my program, uh, my uncle had, who had cancer uh, passed away and he actually had a, I forget the name, but it was a treatable form of cancer, but he, uh, it, it wasn't treatable because he wouldn't stop drinking alcohol. And he uh, ended up dying because of his stubbornness and his addiction to alcohol. And that rocked me kind of hard. It was my first time away from my family. I was in this program, and um, I was like, you know, kind of bent out of shape about it, but I turned to Jesus, and he was my comfort and my strength to get through this, um, so I was all right. But then I got to my seven-month point in my program where something happened and I wasn't okay. Um, I got a phone call saying that my mom had lost her mental stability one night and tried to kill herself by swallowing a bottle of Xanax. And um, my father, being the nobleman that he is, went and tried to stop her from doing so. And in the struggle, she slipped and hit her head on the footboard of the bed got a gash in her forehead and was bleeding. She flipped out, already completely having this mental breakdown. She grabs a 22 rifle and starts shooting it in her bedroom, my parents' bedroom, and trying to shoot my dad. Like, it's crazy. Um, the, uh, when the cops showed up, all the cops saw were uh, bullet holes everywhere and my mom bleeding from her forehead. So, of course, they immediately arrest my dad. He went and sat in jail for like four nights until it was cleared up. And my mom went to uh, a mental hospital uh, down in Vacaville for a while. Um, she's okay and out now and she's doing wonderful. But um, at that point in her life, it was a very dark, dark state. Um, I didn't handle that okay. I was hopeless, helpless, away from my family. I didn't know what to do, how I could help them. Um, it was just really, really depressing. And I seriously considered quitting this program, quitting Joshua House and going home and just saying, I am the most stable person in my family and I'm sitting in rehab right now. It's kind of depressing mess right there. Um, but one of my friends who knows I love Star Wars came up to me and said, Curtis, think of Empire Strikes Back. Luke Skywalker, Luke Skywalker, <laughs> he... <laughs> What happens? And he's like, he, he goes to the Dagobah system to be trained to become a Jedi by Master Yoda. And I said, yeah. And he goes, he has this vision of Han and Leia. And I'm like, right. He's like, he leaves before his training is complete and gets his hand chopped off by Vader. Don't quit before your training is complete. <laughs> I know it sounds crazy, but 
that Star Wars reference seriously saved my life. It really did. Um, it was... Uh, it was great. So I finished the program. I graduated. My dad picked me up from the program, and he, I've never seen him prouder, happier uh, ever in my entire life. And um, I had two months and 11 days of sobriety with my dad after I graduated. And um, I came home from work one day, and his boss was sitting out in the driveway. And I was like, that's kind of weird. What's Darren doing here? And he came out and he's like, Curtis, dude, there was an accident and your dad didn't make it. And my dad, my hero, my best friend, died in an accident, a truck accident. But the thing is, is that um, a couple months later, the autopsy came back. And even though he was in this accident, he, uh, he was taking prescription pills as well. And he lost count or whatever, and he overdosed on hydrocordone, that Vicodin. And so my dad died from a drug overdose. And that's less than a year ago right now. And so I'm sitting here like, God, what are you trying to teach me? Like, how am I supposed to learn from this? And um, the thing that the Holy Spirit has been putting on my heart all week long, and I've been trying to come up with like a, a main point or like where, you know, all this darkness and all this crap, like my life is evidence that God is in control and he's, he's the one that's sustaining me. But what he wants me to share is that um, I had a dark past and a horrible, horrible addiction, but the only thing that changed my life was my lifestyle change, the adjustment of my lifestyle. I, there was a certain specific lifestyle that led to me having a path of sin and a path of addiction. And when I graduated the program, I couldn't just return back to the same ways, to, to everything that I was still doing and expect to have this great life. I had to completely change everything about my life to get the new results that I needed. And that's what I did. I'm not lazy anymore. I don't sit around anymore. I don't sit in front of the TV for hours on end. I get up. I am proactive. I do things. I study the Bible. I talk to Jesus every single morning before I get out of bed. I have that time scheduled. I, I started a budget. <laughs> that's crazy. Um, like I'm spending money wisely. Um, you know, there's a message of hope with, yeah, Jesus saves and he does all these great things. Um, but there's also the footwork that you have to do. And another thing that God showed me in this week preparing for my testimony is that not once in my Bible have I ever read that um, God never tells me to forget my sin. He says, I will forget your sin, but he never says, remember your sin either, but he never says forget your sin. And I had, you know, that st started thinking, like, why, why doesn't he say that? And I think it's seriously for the path of redemption, so that, or I'm sorry, for the path of repentance, so that you can actually turn and see what your sin did to you, and how it affected your life, and who you are now because you learned that lesson. And if you operate the way that God intended it to be taken as seeing it as something that really did cause harm and turning away from it in repentance, um, it will change your life. Anyways, that's all I have to say, and thanks for hearing me.